Do you have a cannabis business? Do you want it to grow? AvivaSpectrum.com is the only way to go. To automate accounting, track and trace, Aviva Spectrum's the only way. The compliance experts you're looking for, trusted advisors, and so much more. Welcome, everyone. This is Sonia Luna um, on the Compliance Expert Radio Show, and I'm very excited to have very good friend of mine, uh, Melissa, here with me. And before I get into her background, I've been getting a lot of questions about cannabis retail sales, um, some of which have gone on a surge the very first weekend um, that Californians really were trying to hunker down at their home. And I wanted to get an expert like Melissa, who's been in the business now teaching sales strategies for cannabis retailers, to give her her best tips and tricks, not only for this pandemic, but also for the future. So let me give you her quick background. She's a founder of MJ Hybrid Solutions, and she started her career in the cannabis industry in 2014. She left her corporate management career and joined the cannabis industry working for CV Science, and uh, which is a CBD manufacturer. And then she discovered, obviously, a very strong need. There's a gap in the cannabis industry for a consistent, reliable, predictable cannabis employee training. So she took her passion for sales training plus the cannabis education she had and created MJ Hybrid Training Systems. So she's got 12 years of corporate sales experience and five years in the cannabis industry. Welcome, Melissa, to our show. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much, Sonia, for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited because um, you and I have both uh, collaborated in the past, um, just even talking kind of the industry in general, and I wanted to have an opportunity to kind of share a lot of your advice uh, about, one, what are the top action items cannabis retailers can take today because of the pandemic? In other words, are there like your top two or three tips right now to get them either over this hump or better yet to understand their customers better? better? What are some unique things that you're seeing in the industry right now that you can advise some of these retailers? So, you know, there's, there's a few things and obviously it's kind of like you mentioned right now, right? There are some areas with the retailers that are surging. They saw a huge increase a couple of weeks ago, especially once the stay-at-home orders were starting to get put in place. Um, and so I think, you know, the biggest thing during this time is there's one of two, one, obviously with it taking off and surging, right? What happens is when you get super busy, we kind of are all in this, oh my gosh, what the heck just happened type, you know, situation and everyone gets kind of stuck. And so it, sometimes that can lull. And so when you surge or you start to see a large crowd, you kind of go into panic mode, right? And you're like, okay, I need to, you know, we need to get these people, we got to get through everybody. And I think the, the biggest advice too is as a manager and leader at, in a retail or delivery is really one, make sure that you're, you're still following like all the things you put in place, whatever training development you put in place, SOPs that you got to make sure that you stay calm, check in with your employees, make sure they understand like this is, we got to treat this. We got to, we can't go back to old habits. And I think that now is a time when a lot of people go back to old habits. Um, or old selling habits because you kind of get in a panic mode. 
And so you're just trying to hurry through and get that. And then on the flip side too, if it is slowing down or your, your retailer is struggling, say you certain, I know certain counties aren't able to have people come in. They only can do delivery or curbside. So that has caused some retailers to have to either close or slow down. And so now is a best, better time than ever to really um, focus on your team, focus on your employees, the training and development, focus on putting SOPs in place and having just different standards for when something like this could possibly happen again. Um, but I, you know, especially for deliveries right now with that surging, it's important more than ever to really understand your customers, your customer expectations and how to provide that experience. Cause we are probably seeing a lot of new people too right now, you know, anxiety is high. So that's where the surge, a lot of new people are coming in, trying different products. They they're at home, they can play around more with it. Um, so it's more important than ever, right. That we stay on top of the education. We stay on top of making sure we're meeting their needs and understanding what they need their lifestyle and, and providing them the right products and making sure, you know, especially with the tolerance level and different situations that they understand um, and are guided in the right direction versus just what product do you want hurrying push people out because we're trying to get through this. Right, right. So in other words, you know, stick to the, the best practice, that framework of understanding your customer and their needs um, mm-hmm. put that as a priority, right? So people before profits, yeah. getting to know your customers better. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously not falling into those older habits of just like, you know, get someone in and push them out the door as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, there's also some and compliance then, stuff. Yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. Well, no. well, I was just going to say too, and now, you know, you, there are situations where currently like right now, like you talk about people over profits, so you do have to pivot. So, you know, different strategies you teach your sales reps, there are some different, this is an opportunity to kind of pivot in some different ways. Like, so for example, you talk about upselling or recommending different products for a customer. You know, now you would make sure, okay, what, what product bundles, what things can we put in place to really help these customers? So when they come in, we can provide them the opportunity to purchase more to make sure they have enough so they don't have to come back out during this time. Um, and that's a huge opportunity to not only help retailers increase their sales, but also make sure the customers are getting what they're needing. You are putting their safety first. And when you put it that wow. way, you're inclined to I help them increase. I thought about that. Yeah. I you know, and a, and a lot of people of, don't. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like I'd rather, think, I, I don't want to keep exposing myself constantly going out and about to get something if I had to go to the retail mm-hmm. meaning curbside, let's say I don't have delivery in my area. And even if I have delivery, how often do I want to be in contact where they're leaving it at my doorstep? And which, by the way, everyone, if you're in California, you do have to request from the BCC a waiver so that you don't have to get their signature, their physical signature. You can do it. I know a few deliveries already that have told me they've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, if they're going to just drop it there, again, telling that patient that customer that, by the way, this is a, depending on how much you consume, um, this could be a supply for, let's say, a net of 14 days. Do you think maybe you want a month, a month supply or a month and a half, what have you? Just even asking the question of how often they're <laughs> planning on consuming is just like mm-hmm. a big light bulb for me. It's like, yeah, you know what? I don't know how many transactions I really want to have of people coming to me and getting close to me since we're supposed to have that social distancing of six feet, right? So I hadn't mm-hmm. even thought about that, and that's, that's great. Tell us a little bit, Melissa, about um, when is it a good time for discounts? When should retailers look at their product line and start thinking, mm-hmm. you know what, 
this isn't a mover and a shaker. Um, something's not right here. What, what, I guess, number one, what's the best practice to identify it? What, what, what have you learned? And number two, when do you apply discounts? Is it those lazy dog products or even the high volume, let's say low gross margin? Like what's, what's been your typical advice to retailers about discounting products? Well, I think one, when you go to look at it and you talk about, you know, low selling, low moving products, there's a couple factors in place, right? Is this product not moving because my employees aren't trained on it properly and don't know how to speak to it? And in, in regards, that comes back to the brand, right? When brands go and put products in, what are they doing to ensure that the retailers are fully educated and understand how to sell that product? So you have to look at that, like, is this something that we're just overlooking because it's easy for bud tenders because another brand brought in a, a four-step marketing sheet or taught us how to sell this product, so we're automatically going to that product because it's easy. Um, but then at the same time, yeah, if it's low moving, you can look at you know doing the product bundle. So you can add it as in a hey, this we have this extra product based. You know, once you understand your customers' needs, right? And if that's a product that you talk to your team about, like hey, this is not moving, we're going to add this, like a, do a discount on this. So if you recommend or guide them, you know to another product that might be best, and this is something that could benefit them, make sure you bring it to their attention, right? And say, hey, just so you know, we have this product available based on what you told me. This might be a good fit for you to try as well. Now is the best time, now best time as ever since you're at home all day. If you do want to, you know, try out a different product that might be a benefit to you, um, we're offering it at a certain discount, right? Um, I think also, during this time, especially, you know, there's a lot of talk between the medical, you know, the patients that come in to actually take this, take cannabis and use it every single day, right? And so a lot of, I know a lot of medical patients are getting frustrated with recreational stores because if a lot of people are just going to stock up, granted, we're, you know, in the industry, a lot of us are big believers that majority of people that use cannabis use it for some type of medicinal purpose regardless, right? But there are some, you know, medical patients or maybe they're on a budget and right now we're dealing with an unemployment crisis. So is there something that you can do to help, not only help the customer because they might be on a budget. So how can you product bundle or put some type of discount in place, but also be able to make sure that you're actually still meeting their needs. You're not just pushing a product because you're trying to get it out the door. So there's a fine line mm -hmm. between that. Um, right, right. And then yeah, I think right. when there you do have high products, yeah. yeah, and, 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 and you got to be creative. Yeah. You got to be creative, and it's, and it's even with your high-selling products, or someone comes in and they want, you know, a certain vape or a certain edible, and it is flying off the shelf, and, you know, we don't know over the next few weeks how the supply chain is going to be, you know, if there could be end up being a problem or something gets stalled based on how things move along is now that's another tool. It's like, okay, if someone wants this specific edible, if we, you know, if you purchase whatever the max, you know, you're allowed to purchase. There's so many of them, you get a, you know, you might get a small discount to help them save long-term, you know, longer term. And so it was kind of like, you know, some retailers I talked to kind of back in December when the taxes were changing in California into January. And me and you talked a lot about this a couple months ago. And, you know, something that I brought up to retailer attention was, okay, how do we speak to the customers about this, this tax increase and how do we use this as an incentive in December to upsell to be able to help not only help the consumer save money, but it also helps ourselves in December. It's kind of the same thing right now is what can you do to not only increase ourselves during this time while we can, but also making sure we're doing it in a way that's actually beneficial to the customer. 
Absolutely. And and I love that thought. When you and I spoke, the market rate was going to be effective for January in California. It was going from 60% to 80%, and therefore the excise mm-hmm. tax was going to move up uh, for everybody involved, you know, starting in January 2020. So we're already overtaxed. The industry is overtaxed for the product that it's selling already. Um, and then now we have this crisis on our hands, this, this global pandemic. Um, can you share a little bit about either a sales script or a sale, um, I guess, rebuttal to the tax situation? You know what I mean? Is there something that yeah. you've used for bud tenders to say, like, God, this is super expensive or you know, there's a yeah. pricing objection, right? And they may not look yeah. at the fine line about, oh, shoot, it's actually taxes. It's not really the product. It's the tax mm-hmm. that's making this so expensive. What's been a good rebuttal for that to to offer, like, bud tenders? Well, I think you have to, you know, as a retailer and business owner, you've got to be on top of making sure you're your employees understand what the taxes are and what they mean, right? So then when that does come up, and this came up huge, especially when you know we went recreational in California um, a couple years ago. Was that was one of the number one issue? And you know, you, and of course, you don't kill the messenger, but that's who you take it out on, right? As customers, you're taking it out on the bud tender, and they would. And so, what happens is a lot of times, bud tender employees will get frustrated and kind of get snarky back. And so, you really have to take a step, take a deep breath, and it's it's one of those things where I say, look, you got to just be authentic and real with them, and, and break it down. Like, look. This is what happened. This is what California is dealing with. These are the tax situations. The great thing I can tell you about this is because of these tax, you know, these tax increases and things, better processes, better things have been put in place, lab testing to ensure that you are getting the best quality product. And we're doing what we can to, to you know, because you look at some dispensaries or retailers, they are, some of them kind of take, take the charge or, or put it into the cost, right? So there's different creative ways you can do to kind of, mitigate that but I think you just kind of have to keep it real and let them know look this is the price of the product this is what we pay across the board taxes and you have to really make them understand too that it's different by city and county and and look you know we we understand we feel your pain empathize with them empathize Mm -hmm. with them that you understand you get it because you're paying the taxes too when you go to buy your cannabis and and let them know you're doing whatever you can as a retailer to you know to to hope that down the road that something will change and, and these taxes will be pulled back, but also to ensure that you are giving them the best quality product and doing what you can to ensure that, you know, you're meeting their needs. And it's especially difficult with, you know, consumers that are on a very tight budget. So there are certain areas that, you know, a lot of people are on a tight budget and they already were before taxes went into place. And so, you know, I think that's where it's a good time to really look at what can we do to help the customer, what product bundles can we put in place. And a lot of that comes, too, with the relationships across the whole supply chain, talking with your distributors, talking with your brands, and developing something together that you all can, you know, can you do to help the customer, help alleviate that. Because if you are making sure you're putting your customer's needs first and you're able to come up with different ways to do it within legalities, you're, they're going to come back to you, right, and they're going to stay loyal to you. And, and the other thing too, is the customer experience. When people are, are comfortable, they trust you and they're confident in your retail shop and in your employees, that part gets a little bit easier because you have that relationship. So when you're talking to them, you understand them, you know them, you ask them questions, you kind of, you kind of build that and, and, and soften, you know, open them up a little bit. 
open the customers up where they get a little bit more confident and trust in you. So then even when they go to complain about the taxes, you can kind of come back and, and turn it into like, you know, yeah, it sucks for all of us or, or make it into kind of a joke like, yeah, we can't help it and enlighten the situation. And a lot of that, right. just, like I said, starts with the relationships and, and making sure that you're actually providing the best customer experience versus just them coming in, asking what they want. They complain and you just shrug your shoulders like, sorry, nothing we can do about it. Right, right, exactly. Um, but but I love the approach of empathize with somebody and like meet them mm-hmm. at their level on their emotional state. Acknowledge it. Yeah, I, it looks like you're, you know, hey, I, I can see you're frustrated. I'm frustrated too. I'm actually a little bit angry that we pay so much taxes on a plant. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the benefit of the fact that there are over 50 tests that have to be done on flour to protect my lungs from pathogens and you know, mold and all this other stuff, I'm hoping that that's going to be the benefit and maybe down the road legislation will, will come and will lower the taxes. But I feel you acknowledging that emotional state of the consumer, your, your patient, your customer, and letting them know, like, hey, you feel the same way too, you know? Um, yeah. And, when and dealing comes, with difficult customers, I think, well, just real yeah. quick, I think it's important too that owners and managers that put those – put different processes in place and, and, and stay on top of it. I think a lot of times when they, you open a store, you, you know, compliance regulation, there's so many different things going on. It's such a heavily regulated industry that you kind of overlook, okay, what, am I, what, is my, what are my employees, what are they going to face with these customers? And what can we do to focus, like help them that they're prepared for it and preparing and training them accordingly? Mm-hmm. And tell me a little bit about new changes you've seen at retail store locations because I, I you know just my own personal experience we ordered delivery some of the delivery came with their own gloves and masks put it on the doorstep this is just take out food okay yeah. another delivery had their own mask but had no gloves L- you know literally handed me not 6 feet distance but handed me with a plastic bag <laughs> my food right yeah, I, it, was, it was very interesting how these two different delivery systems executed on their their working with with me. You know, just food. One was very diligent, had the mask, like I said, gloves, left it at the doorstep, said we don't need your signature. He walked away, thanked me, and then the other one, a complete, you know, a little different story with no gloves and so forth. And of course, I kind of wiped down the bag or what have you. Yeah. So have you seen – what have you seen as a best practice at cannabis retail or de- deliveries? What are they doing? Well, I do, you know, see a lot of them have put a lot more practice in place in sanitizing. So, for example, the retail stores, they're sanitizing more often. They're putting tape down for, the, you know, the six feet apart, social distancing. Um, I've seen, you know, one of my clients, Tropicana, I love it. They made their own masks with their design, and they're actually selling them at cost. So it's not for profit for customers um, if they would like to get them. And, and, and then there's a, you know, I, I do, I see a lot of them. They are, they're wearing gloves, but even on the flip side of that, it's you're wearing gloves every time, but are you changing your gloves? How often are you changing them? How often are you wiping down and sanitizing when you are going to all these different places to deliver? Um, and I think that's important. And again, it comes down to the leadership team and it comes down to what, expectations are they putting in place what standards are they putting in place and how are they executing on them and how are they ensuring that they're being followed so your example of the two different people one might be okay that you know our our management our boss put certain things in place provided us with what we needed to ensure that we are safe 
on every single delivery where the other one might have been like, hey, just make sure you're careful. But they're so caught up in worrying about, oh, is my business going to shut down? That, that Some people don't really take into consideration like what really needs to be done to ensure the safety of everybody. You know what I mean? I think some people go into panic mode and they're trying to just survive. So then it's something slipped through the crack or you might just say something, but you don't actually have enforceable processes in place. Um, mm-hmm. And again, and too, how- when it's delivery, can you control every delivery person you have? You, you know, you got to really make sure you trust your employees that are going out and that they are making the right decision. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, and I think it, it's it's a matter of, like you said, leadership and the management team getting involved with you know these team meetings. And <clears throat> um, I've noticed that there's different ways to approach this type of pandemic. And, and I just explained the two different delivery food delivery guys that came yeah. by. Um, but for, for the managers and owners of, of, re, of these retail spaces, um, I, I can't imagine that none of them have talked about, you know, the virus, right? I'm sure they're talking about it and then implementation to their customers, right? Like what's what the impact to revenue? What do you think is the best practice for owners and managers about talking about situations with their employees? For example, they could have a sick person at home that they're dealing with. And, and, you know, what's the protocol there? Um, I mean, what do you see as a best practice, you know, for for the management team and owners about their employees? Like what what kind of communication, how often, what protocols are you seeing differently now with this uh, new pandemic? Well, I definitely think there needs to be a lot more involvement with the leadership and management team to be on, you know, with, with their employees, with, at the store. And it's, it's every day. It's every time they come into work, checking with them, asking them where they've been, you know, making sure they're at home, asking them how their family is. And, and it's also just checking because you care, but also, too, to make sure because what's happening, too, right now is there might be a lot of people that are scared to say that they were around someone who was sick or exposed because they don't want to not work or they're scared of not getting paid. Right. So it's that fine line that you have to like really make your employees one feel confident that they can, you know, open up to you and be honest with you about the situation, ask them how they feel about it. And kind of, and I think that's the first thing is really asking their input, the employee's input and getting feedback on what they think they should do. Right. As a team, what should we do to ensure that we are providing the safest, and standards for not only you guys but for our customers and everyone around us and get get them involved because when you're you're more likely to get your team involved and set those expectations together they're more likely to follow through on them when you just oh, kind of say hey this what is what needs to be done and you go and tell them that they don't really pay attention and we know some people you know some people aren't taking this as serious as others and so it's important to know where your staff's at and where their head's at in regards to it so that you know how to speak to them about it and you can ensure and trust that they're making the right decisions and whatever protocols are put in place. Because I think Absolutely. it's important too. I think that there yeah. are certain managers and leaders that maybe aren't taking it as serious. And then, but then what happens, we found, we heard one dispensary, one guy tested positive. I forget what state it was in. So they had to shut down immediately. They obviously sanitized, did their whole thing. But now it's looking at, okay, going back, now every employer that was around them the last who knows how many days, do they have a chance of getting those symptoms because, or are they asymptomatic? And so how, how do you, how do you open back up? Like what's that time period? You know, like, do you need to isolate your store for 14 days to really make sure you may have to? Um, And so I think that's the biggest thing is that trust and being open and getting that, getting everybody on the same page and asking them what they think. 
Hey, I, absolutely. We had a team meeting just internally at Viva Spectrum. Um, we we watched a webinar. Um, it was a webinar offered by one of our industry leading um, organizations. It was the Cal CPA, blah blah blah. And, and anyway, so we did a debrief as a team. And then after the debrief, I had a whole list of resources at the bottom for the employee. Okay. These are other resources if you want to independently look at the CD, CDC website, the um, EDD, <clears throat> you know, understand the Family Medical Leave Act. You follow what I'm getting at? These are your resources yeah. for you to do a research. And it was kind of an open conversation. And I said, okay, what do we agree? What do you think would be the fairest thing to do in a situation where one of us has gotten in contact with somebody else that has been confirmed? you know, they've, they've had it or speculated because there's speculation and confirmed because testing has not been rolling out, right, so quickly to confirm, but there's there's people that are, you know, we're speculating they have it because they have the symptoms, right? So yeah, getting them involved was so interesting and, like, literally we were on the web and we were typing out the answers of what we felt would be the fairest protocol not only for us, but our family members, our clients. And we even went through different scenarios. What happens when we go to a client and we find out the client and one of their staff members, right, has it. So it could be the other way around, right? A patient could give it to you and you didn't even know about it, right? Yeah, Until exactly. later. So walking through that <clears throat> allows, like you said, everybody gets an input and they start coming up with creative ways of saying, okay, this is probably the best solution for this scenario. Not to mention hitting home, like I've got elderly parents. I don't want to give this to them if I were to be positive. You know what I mean? There's a high likelihood on on my my dad's side in particular. He's a heavy smoker since he was 13. Like this thing could kill him. Like he's 75, right? So bringing it home to them saying, hey, I'm not even going to plan on visiting my parents for Easter Sunday, which is one of the best holidays for, for us. Because it's not worth it to me, right? Like I have yeah. somebody in my life at stake at this. And I'm sure employees have that same person in their life too that has an underlying yep. medical condition or some, some other age, they could be in that age group where this thing could literally kill them. So um, bringing it home with loved ones, I think, also brings back the severity of not being forthright, right? Like if you're not being honest about some of these scenarios that could pop up and they will pop up. And the percentage of us getting infected, like as a whole state, I mean, it's a pretty high percentage. So, you know, being silent isn't going to help anybody about how to deal with it. Right. It's just kind of like, how can we, you know, move forward in this type of pandemic? And I wanted to switch gears a little bit about a story I was reading about Amazon and a couple other delivery systems. These are huge employers they're on a hiring spree right now because delivery has taken hold because of this, you know, shelter, stay in shelter scenario we're in. What advice can can you give retailers, cannabis retailers, on trying to hire, you know, qualified uh, delivery people in this type of pandemic we're dealing with right now? Well, I think that, you know, one strategy too, you know, there are a lot of recruiter cannabis recruiting companies out there. Or there's two I know that do tend to hire, like uh, the cannabis team and banks. And this might be a good time to utilize that because they kind of go through a process with these people that come on to hire. And mm-hmm. also just 
putting together whatever you're you're using, right? Obviously, it's hard. You can't. You don't have the time to maybe go through, put them through a two-week training or put them through certain protocols you might do with your normal onboarding process. But if you can have certain things put in place, like in, in textile, and make sure that they read that, they understand that, and then kind of as well just talk to them about what the situation, what's going on, and they need help. And then also being available for them as they start working to make sure there's someone or a point of contact that they can reach out to in any situation. So whether it's a delivery driver that's been working with your company for a retailer, but tender that's been working with you for a year, making sure they kind of have that buddy system as they start, right. To, to check in. And so who can they, you take your team that's kind of been with you for months since a manager, you know, leadership maybe can't handle it all break it up with your team and get them more involved. And this is a great time to tell your team members that have been with you for a long time. Like now's the time to step up. You want to be a leader. You want to get promoted. Now's the time to step up to help each other as we bring a lot of new people in for Kemp Hire, making sure that they're on top of it and, and being there for them if, if anything does come up and letting them be able to contact you at a moment's notice if they are out on a delivery or dealing with a customer that they may not understand clearly how to do something. Um, but you have to so, set yeah. that expectation right away. I mean, you have to, you right. can't just hire someone and throw them out there. And I think, I mean, this industry early on did that, right? When we were, when it was starting to grow a couple years ago and people were just hiring and bringing people on and just kind of like, oh yeah, start. And then it, it came this whole thing like, man, butt tenders, people complaining like, oh, my butt tenders don't know anything. And all of a sudden they've, you know, they become kind of supposed to be these medical professionals that are help, answering, helping customers pick out a product for a medical ailment. And they don't really have the proper training on how to communicate or the product knowledge. And it, and you're putting your employers that you're not even putting yourself at risk, but you're putting your bud tenders in this position that's not going to make it a fun environment for them to be in. And that's why turnover was so high early on mm -hmm. because you're not, yeah, product, I mean, you know, you're not training, you're not developing them. Yeah, yeah. And you're not setting them up for success. And so you have to make sure even right now going through a rampant hiring of temp workers, even though they're temp workers, they may not last long you got to set them up. You've got to put them in the position that they're, they're going to, they're going to thrive and they're going to be able to do, set that expectation for you because your, your brand and your company is on the line. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not a short term outlook. It's a long term outlook. And even if they're temporary delivery drivers and you're using a, a proven organization to, to identify these people to, to help you, your team, they're still a team member nonetheless, right? And you want to set them up for success and want them to enjoy, you know, working for you as well as, you know, advising patients and, and uh, other customers about, you know, the products that they're taking. So it, it's got to be done systematically. It should be documented so that it, it's easier on the managers to say, hey, I've already written out, you know, these policies and procedures, you know, part of your very first week is you do need to read them. You do need to understand them. And then yeah. let's have dialogue after your third day to make sure those SOPs have kind of really resonated with you because I'm sure you're going to have questions or what have you, whatever the training protocol is. Um, I wanted to ask well, another question. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and, and now is there's no better time than now. So when they aren't working, right, you don't have every single employee working at the same time. When they are on their downtime, they have to be at home right now, right? We're at stay-at-home order for majority of the state. So what better way now than to ha put them through a training online? You know, my training, MJ Hybrid Solutions, any training. There's a bunch of different training programs out there. Or if you have an internal training, giving them something so when they're home that they can use to learn and develop before they come out their second time or third, fourth time to work. 
So it's, it's now is the great time because they are at home. So they don't, they're not going to be distract as distracted and, and busy out doing things or at home. And so you can put some of those protocols in place for them to follow while they're at home and not working. So anyways, that's what I wanted to add to that. Yeah, no, I love it. And, and we're going to get to your website and how to get there. But I wanted to ask one more follow-up question about digital assets for the retailer. And, and, and this came up in the team meeting, oddly enough, that we had about our own COVID-19-like protocol. One of our associates was like, hey, maybe we should have an e-business card instead of paper, Right, he says. Can you imagine? I go to a networking event because there was one that was going to happen this month in April, and he's like, "I want to go, but with this whole thing, maybe we just have an e-business card so that I can airdrop it, or I can just email mm-hmm. it to them, or I can text it to them." And I thought, you know what? Bing, bing, bing. I'm like, why aren't we doing that? Like, maybe they don't want to take a piece of paper from me and toss it in the the bin, or better yet. With this COVID-19, maybe they don't want it because of that, too, because they don't, don't you know what it, I'm yeah. getting at? So have it, you yeah. seen any um, traction with e-brochures, or have you seen any conversations with certain cannabis retailers about providing that quality informational packet, but in digital format? Have you seen any yeah. changes because of COVID-19, or it honestly just been business as usual, no, no, no big changes there? I, you know, I think that this happened so quickly that it's probably mainly been business as usual, but I think the, the retailers that were already prepared with digital processes, um, this is the time that they're really going to shine and, and stand out. Um, and it comes back to like, you know, if, if you're a large chain, what internal program, what HR program or training program online do you utilize, right? We're in a digital time anyway. So a lot of these companies do have some type of online, not not all, not all on the pop shops, but a lot of the chains do have some type of online program or um, or process they can use to put things through, right? And so... I haven't seen or heard much of a change, I think, just because it's moving so fast. But I definitely think at least, and once this boils over, and I'm hoping that this is a, you know, I hope we all take it as a wake-up call, but, like, digitalized, doing things through the Internet is definitely going to be the best way to go with whatever processes are in place in case something like this comes up because you always are going to have, if things get put at home or things are going online, you're always going to have that available for people at any time, right, instead mm-hmm. of setting time. It's kind of like a lot of people that prefer the in-person training versus online. You can argue many different ways, but at least when it's online, it's always available. And so when the situations happen, you have that access for someone. You have to hire a bunch of people all of a sudden to meet up with demand. Now you have that available online, so when they aren't working, they can be at home studying or doing what they need to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And just to reiterate about some digital assets, so there's one content created, and then there's also outreach to consumers that are already your patient base. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any retailers adopt video conferencing um, for their patients that are elderly and really shouldn't be out and about on their own? Um, Or is that mainly you've just seen just an increase in delivery only for them, but not any of that video chat to get that one-on-one FaceTime with them? You know, I feel like I have seen that. I don't, you know, I can't think off the top of my head the names, uh, but I have seen a few different retail and vertical integrated companies that have put together virtual type webinars. And I saw one today, I think truly the CEO, she went live on Facebook 
to talk about what patients can do. So I am seeing that a lot more. I'm obviously seeing a lot of different businesses utilize the virtual, um, the virtual, like the Zoom and or doing live um, Facebook live Instagram feeds on really what they can do. I saw From the Earth did it the other day. They had a live stream going with a bud tender and talking about um, what they're doing to, you know, to minimize and help, you know, ensure the safety of their consumers, what they can do, what are the different ways people can go about it. It's hard because, you know, with older patients, like you said, the elderly who are more at high risk, some of them don't really do much with technology, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, how do you make sure I think that's where the texting comes in, right? If you can send a video through text message, right, you have all their phone numbers, and you'd send out text for deals, you use that now as a way to send out, hey, a link, like here's a text, send blast text out, and then a link that opens up to a video and, and discussing it, right? And, and then when you're just, you're letting them know you care, you're making sure that you're putting your customers first, and they're going to, they're going to like, they're going to like that. And they're going to remember that when this does end on where they want to go and what store they want to visit. Absolutely, absolutely. And and we are coming to the end of our program right now. So, Melissa, I want you to give a shout-out to your online training program. Where can people find it, and where can they find you? What's the best way to connect with you? Why don't we, we go through that? Okay, great. Um, so my website is mjhybridsolutions.com. Um, if you go in there, you can fill out a form, a request form, and there are also, um, I do have an e-commerce as well for people that want to purchase trainings directly on the website, and then we can set you up. And then the easiest way to get to me is probably through my email, mj at mjhybridsolutions.com. Um, again, mj at mjhybridsolutions.com. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty quick to reply if you have questions or need any insight. I do... I did just recently um, do some collaboration with the WebJoint team, their POS software for delivery companies, and so we put out a bunch of great resources on customer expectations and how to meet the customer's needs as a cannabis delivery service. So that you know you can use that as a starting point on on helping your team and employees best serve your customers as they you know especially with cannabis delivery being in high demand right now. Great, and where can they find that resource? So the resource guide. They could probably go to webjoint.com. If they go to the blog, we have a blog um, that we just posted today where we discuss different strategies and customer expectations. And then the resource guide, if you go to either the webjoint on LinkedIn or LinkedIn MJ Hybrid Solutions, we have it there. They can download it. Right. Or they Great. can also Great request way. information through webjoint to be sent the um, resource guide. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining our show. We really appreciate you giving some solid advice now for the cannabis industry that's going through this COVID-19 pandemic and some of the ways that they can uh, obviously not only sustain their sales, but maybe improve their sales strategy and impact both their business, but their employees and their patients. So thanks again. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Best of luck to everyone out there. Um, thank you again to our frontline workers, the bud tenders, employers that are all, all putting their, their own health on the line to help the medical patients help our customers. So we appreciate you guys. Yeah, we really do. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Thank you.